Hey guys, this is Drake. Thanks so much for tuning in to our City Church podcast here. It's an honor to have you. Hey, at the end of this episode, we'd love for you to take a moment, subscribe to this podcast channel if you haven't already. Also subscribe to our YouTube channel so we can continue to serve you with content that we're putting out on a weekly basis. And in addition, if we can serve you in any way or connect with you in community in any way, you can visit our website at citychurchboulder.com and we would love to connect with you there. And lastly, and most importantly, I hope this content is helpful to you. It's encouraging, it's inspiring, and you leave better than you showed up. Enjoy. Hey guys, welcome to City Church Online. It's an honor to have you as we enter into week three of our series on habits. We talked about how our identity influences our habits. We talked about how to start new good habits, and today we're talking about how to stop those bad habits. And I want you to think about it for a second. Um, no one really ever sets up negative goals in their life, right? No one's intentionally setting up bad, bad habits. No one says, man, you know what I really want to do? I want to live paycheck to paycheck for the rest of my life. That sounds amazing. Or you know what? I would really like to become a raging addict over some substance over the next five years. That's really a life goal of mine. Or, you know what? I want to work a dead-end job for the rest of my life. I want to live a passionless life. And when I get to the end of my life, I want to have a lot of regrets, right? No one, no one comes up with these terrible goals as, as the result of our bad habits. But at the same time, some of us, man, we, we get on the other side of a season or a lifetime, and we're full of regret, and we're wondering, man, how did we get here? I want you to remember, we've talked about it a little bit before, but, you, but people very rarely ruin their lives because of one bad decision, but rather it's typically one small decision, one bad habit, one step continually in the wrong direction over a lifetime that brings about results full of regret and frustration. And so I want you to kind of press in with me today as we deal with how to interrupt and change our bad habits. And first, we're going to start by looking at a guy named Samson. And we're going to be in uh, uh, Judges chapter 16. And I'm going to show you this verse here in a second um, that is kind of the summary of a guy that we see in the Old Testament. If you're not familiar with his story, um, he's a guy in the Old Testament who, man, honestly, if, if there was anybody who was ever set up full of like God-given potential and, and a ton of opportunity for success, it was this guy. But then over and over again, we see as an example in the life of Samson that he continually made decisions that moved him further away from God's plan and further into a destructive lifestyle rather than the opposite. And so in Judges chapter 16, verse 1, we see kind of a summary statement of all of his bad decisions in one sentence. So I'm going to read it for you real fast. Judges chapter 16, verse 1, it says, one day, everybody say one day. One day, okay, Samson went to the Philistine town of Gaza, and he spent the night with a prostitute. Okay, I want you to think about it for just a second. You might not know the historical background or the geography here. I didn't either. I had to look it up, so I'm going to help you out. Uh, Samson, his hometown is about 25 miles away from the Philistine town Gaza. What you need to understand is the Philistines are, are the enemies of the Israelites, and Samson is public enemy number one. One, okay? And so not only does he have to travel 25 miles to get to this town, uh, but the purpose of getting to this town is, is, a, is a bit interesting in and of itself. Um, but he's also going into a town where his life is literally going to be threatened. And so you got to ask the question, right? There's no Uber. There's no like, quick way to go 25 miles. So we probably can assume that he walked 25 miles into enemy territory just to get a little bit of action, right? And you got to ask the question, like, who does that, right? Like, who... Who would walk 25 miles just to get with a prostitute? 
And if, I think if you think about it, if you apply it to other areas of our lives, man, we have similar proclivities to do the same thing every day in different categories of our lives. Now, here's what I want you to know, is that to go 25 miles would have been roughly 56,000 steps in order to get to the city of Gaza. And so what I would like to propose today is that for Samson, he didn't just ruin his life in one decision. He didn't start the trajectory of his life in the wrong direction just with one step, but rather he took 56,000 small steps in a direction that would eventually wreck his life. And what I'm trying to tell you is that you and I have the opportunity to pay attention to all the small steps of our life and pay attention to the direction that we are heading. And so I've got to ask you the question again. We've been asking it a couple times over the last couple of weeks, and that is, who do you want to become? Who do you want to be? And based on who do you want to be, where do you need to go? What what steps do you need to take? And I want you to think about it for a second. Man, do you want to be a godly parent or do you want to be a loving spouse or do you want to be, you know, an example to the people uh, that you go to school with or that you work with or do you want to be a light for Jesus in your your community with your, you know, family and friends and coworkers or, you know, do you want to be a generous person with your time, energy, and resources? Do you want to be a sober person, a clean person? Do you want to be a disciplined person? Do you want to be a healthy person? Like, what is it for you? Who do you want to become? And then based on who you want to become, or man, listen, if you're a follower of Jesus, based on who God wants you to become, what one habit do you need to break? What one habit is pointing you in a direction that you don't need to be going? And here's why this is important, because you can't defeat what you can't define. You and I cannot defeat what we cannot define. So I want you to think about it. What's your one thing? I'm not asking you to like break all your bad habits this week. I'm asking you to identify one thing, otherwise you won't work on anything. What's one bad habit that you need to break, that you need to stop to, to start changing the trajectory of your life? Maybe it's a bad attitude that you, can, you continually sit in. Maybe it's, you know, you struggle with gossip or slander. Maybe uh, you have an eating issue, you overeat, or you have an eating disorder. Or maybe, maybe you have a technology addiction. Maybe you play way too many video games and you're wasting your life and your time. Maybe you have a social media addiction and all you can do is scroll, click, scroll, 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 click, scroll, share, click, scroll, right? Post, post, scroll. I, I don't know what it is for you. Maybe you have a Netflix addiction or a Netflix Hulu and, you know, you kind of bundle them all together and just binge whatever you can. Maybe you have a pornography addiction. Maybe you have, honestly, a phone addiction, right? The device in your hand, man, for me, that thing can get in the way more than a lot of other stuff. Maybe you have a substance addiction. Listen, I don't know what your thing is, okay? It could be a lot of things. But what's your one thing that you need to break? And and let me give you some encouragement, okay? I want you to sit and just think about it for a minute. And as you're identifying what that one thing is, maybe even ask God, God, what is the one thing that, that, that needs to change? If more than one person in your life, who loves you deeply, tells you that you have a problem in a specific area, that might mean you have a problem in that specific area. And so you might pay attention to those around you who love you. So for me, it's it's, uh, one of the things, I'll just be transparent with you, one of the things that I'm working on breaking right now is my screen time, like how much time I'm on my phone. And, And that happens for a couple of reasons. I find myself distracted, I find myself spending way more time, and now that Apple shows you, like, the amount of screen time, you know, they'll send you the report, and they're like, your screen time was up 56% this week, and I'm like, 
<laughs> that's scary that I use that much time on my phone. And so I find myself distracted. It's constantly in my hand. I'm wasting time and energy. And not only that, but man, when I'm on social media, I, I, I get stuck in ruts sometimes. I might start comparing myself to other people. I might get frustrated with what's going on in my life. Uh, so, so it's not always a healthy place. So one of the things I started to do was limit my screen time. I went in and I, you could actually put limits on the amount of time you're, you're allowed on certain apps. And so I just started putting limits on them. Uh, and, and one of the main reasons is because, guys, when I, when I can step back and I'm wrestling with this conversation with you, I had the realization, like, guys, I, I don't want to waste my God-given life looking at, at someone else's highlight reel on a screen when I've got a highlight reel of my own to participate in right in front of me. I don't want to waste my calling and all that God has given me because I'm too preoccupied with what's around me. I mean, I want to enjoy the wife that's in front of me and the kids that are in front of me and my friends and my neighbors and my family. And, and, and I want to be paying attention to the opportunities that God is constantly orchestrating around me. There's so much in front of me. I don't have time to waste it on a screen. And so for me, that's one of the things I'm pressing into, to limit that bad habit. What is it for you? Reflect on it. Now, let me let's ask just the natural questions. Why, why is this so difficult? Why is this so difficult? Because there's a huge difference in starting a good habit and breaking a bad one, right? And you probably know this intuitively, but I need you to like think about it for just a second. For a new ha habit, it's always hard at first, right? Let's just say you want to pick up running and, and you want to get healthy. And so uh, because I'm going to be healthy, I'm going to start running. It's always harder to start. It's harder to get up early, harder to get out of bed, harder to fit into those stretchy pants. It's harder to run a mile. It's hard to run half a mile, whatever it is. And there's a lot of uh, struggle and challenge and motivation. And the payoff is always later, right? A new habit and a good habit, the payoff is always later. And so it's not until a couple of weeks and a couple of months later that all of a sudden your lungs are stronger and your legs are stronger and all of a sudden you start to you know, feel like you have buns of steel and, and, and you're seeing the progress, right? The payoff is always later with a good habit. Bad habits are the opposite. Think about it. The payoff is always uh, almost always, typically, it, it, it's immediate, right? Like, like in the moment, it feels good in the moment. There's a perceived benefit for a bad habit in the moment, and there's typically negative effects that follow as a result of that bad habit. Take cigarettes, for example, right? There, there's an immediate benefit to smoking a cigarette in the moment, and then there can be long-term effects in a really negative light when you get that doctor report later in life. Or, uh, you know, you could, you could take uh, the all-you-can-eat buffet, right? There's an immediate, you know, benefit to the little banana pudding with wafers and, and the all-you-can-eat chicken wings. And then there is a later payoff or side effect, if you will, of type 2 diabetes, for example, as a result of those consistent bad habits. And so new habits, good habits, and bad habits, they have different arenas. And so last week we looked at how do we start a good habit? Starting a good habit, we have to make it easy. We have to make it obvious, right? That's the, the two things we talked about last week. And so if, if we're going to do this bad habit conversation, how do we stop bad habits? You've got to ask the question, how do we stop a bad habit? What are we going to do? Here's the answer. We are going to make it difficult. We've got to make it difficult to do. In order to interrupt the cycle, we've got to make it difficult to do. Why? Because you and I only have so much willpower, right? Like, like we, we run out of energy, we run out of willpower, and eventually we give in to our bad habits, and so we've got to make it even more difficult and unavailable. And so last week I introduced to you uh, the habit loop, and I'll show it to you again. The habit loop is, is uh, this, this helpful diagram of basically how all of our habits, good and bad, function. And so they go like this. There's a cue or a trigger, something that, that gets our attention, and then it goes to what? It goes to a craving. 
That cue triggers a craving, and then what happens? We get a response or, or an action, and then after that, we get our reward or our dopamine. This is the habit loop. Good or bad, no matter what it is, there's a cue, craving, response, and reward. So how do we interrupt our bad habits? How do we, how do we see a change here? The first thing we got to do is we got to remove the trigger, the cue, right? The, the first thing we're going to look at, and I'll show you in a minute, we're going to remove the triggers that that cause us to dive into our bad habits. The second thing we're going to do is we're going to interrupt the action or the response. Okay, we're going to remove our triggers for those bad habits, and then we're going to interrupt the action itself. And I'll show you how that's going to work in a minute. But let's talk about triggers for a second. And again, that's the first thing is, is how, do we, how do we stop a bad habit? Well, first we've got to remove the trigger. Let me give you five things when it comes to triggers that are really, really helpful. Five major triggers that lead us in the wrong direction. Typically, there's a place, there's a time, there's a mood, there's moments, and then there's people. Five major triggers that, we, that if we're going to interrupt them and, 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 and pay attention to them, they're going to fall into different categories. There's a place, time, mood, moment, and or people. So let's look at place and time for a second just together, okay? If you have a bad habit that you're, you're trying to stop, there's probably a place and time that you consistently do that bad habit, right? I want you to think about it. Whatever it is that you struggle with, there's probably a place and time. Let's just use smoking again as an example. Uh, you probably have you know, your lunch break or your midday break at work. It's probably a place and time outside. Maybe it's on the back porch. Maybe it's you know, w- w- whatever it is for you. There's a place and time where you engage in that habit that maybe you want to stop. I want you to think about, there's a guy named David in the Old Testament, um, and David was a guy that, that we're told uh, loved God with everything he had. He was a guy after God's own heart, incredible guy, and, and if, he was, if there was anybody in the Bible who fell into the like, wrong place, wrong time category, it was David. David, we're told, if, we, if you go back and look at his life in the Old Testament, uh, when kings were going off to war, he chose to stay home, and then he walks up on top of his roof, and he's kind of glancing around his kingdom. He's a king, and then he sees one of his neighbor's wives bathing on top of her roof, and it turns into this incredibly horrible scandal where he sleeps with his wife, and she, he gets her pregnant, has her husband killed, and it turns into this, this crazy thing, all because he was in the wrong place at the wrong time. Listen, David wasn't a, a, a bad guy. He, he, he wasn't just bent towards this. He was in the wrong place at the wrong time. Let's talk about mood for a second. Right, mood, mood is a really, really big one because uh, the, the triggers that come from our moods can change different, depending on what's going on. So I want you to think about when are you most vulnerable? When it comes to bad habits, typically uh, there's a vulnerability that plays into interrupting the cue or the trigger. And so I want you to think about the acronym HALT. Okay, so just pause for a second. H-A-L-T. Think about this. When you're hungry, that's potential for a trigger. When you're angry, that's potential for a trigger. Or if you're like me, sometimes you get hangry, and and so both of them working together are not helpful. Uh, um, Again, HALT L is lonely. Sometimes when you're lonely or or you're bored or you're under-challenged, that, that's, that's potential for a trigger. Or uh, um, sometimes when you're tired, when you're exhausted, these are all opportunities to fall back into that bad habit. These are when we are most vulnerable. So, and, and then let's look at moment for a second. This is uh, when something specific happens and you have a, a response that follows. So something specific happens and then you end up doing what you don't want to do. So for example, let's just say uh, you have a fight with your spouse and so then 
as is typical of your habit, you call up maybe one of your girlfriends and then you have a husband bashing session on the phone as a result of the conflict that you experienced. Or, or, or maybe um, you know, when you get together and watch the game with the guys, that's the scenario where you typically drink too much. And so you did it last time, you don't want to do it this time, but you got together again and you ended up doing it anyway. Or maybe you have a long day at work and, and if it's extra st- stressful, maybe you get home and one of the ways that you unwind is by engaging in some substance abuse or whatever it is, right? There, there's moments typically that, that play into our triggers of our bad habits. Does this make sense? And the last thing is people. People. Um, and, and, and this is, you know this, um, but we tend to downplay it. Um, and, and it gets us in a lot of trouble, that, that the wrong people, they can be triggers that can lead us in the wrong direction. Right? That, that the closer you are to someone, the more likely you are to have their same habits. Check this out. There was a study done over 12,000 people over 32 years, and, and they were kind of monitoring habits and lifestyles, and, and some really cool stuff came out of it. Uh, one, one of them was this. If you have one friend who is significantly overweight then there is a 57% chance that you are more likely to be overweight as well. But check this out. If you have one friend, friend that loses a significant amount of weight, then one out of three of the closest friends to that person will also lose weight alongside them. Our friends play a huge part in the habits that we shape. The people that we hang out with are shaping the habits that we develop. Proverbs 13.20 says it this way, when we walk with the wise, we become wise. When we associate with fools, we get ourselves into trouble. And you know this, this is something that you probably tell your kids, that it's almost impossible to live the right life when you have the wrong friends. And, and I'd like to argue this too. Listen, it's also really, really hard to live the right life when you have no friends, okay? And so if you've isolated and you don't have community around you, it's additionally challenging. But also, man, if we have friends that are not good for us leading us in the direction we don't want to go, we should probably pay attention to those triggers. So again, how do we, how do we interrupt and, and, and get around our bad habits? The first thing we do, got to do is we got to pay attention and remove those triggers. We got to know what they are and get them out of the way. The second thing we're going to do is we're going to interrupt the action. We're going to interrupt the action. Again, in the habit cycle, there's a cue and a response and then the the, the action, if you will. And so we got to interrupt the action. You say, how are we going to do that? How do we interrupt the action? I'll give you an example. Um, One of the things that I I started doing is I'm getting up early. I'm spending time with God. I'm going to the gym. But that's not happening naturally. I don't have a natural proclivity to do those things. So you know what I had to do? I had to give me one of these. Now, this is old school and the most obnoxious thing I've ever owned in my life. In case you're having a hard time seeing it, it's an old school alarm clock, and it is so loud. And so every morning, or every evening rather, I I turn on my alarm, and I set it across the room so that I can't stay in my snuggly bed. And at 6 a.m., this thing just starts pounding these bells. And there's two reasons I got to hurry up and get out of bed. Number one, because it's annoying and I don't want to hear it anymore. And number two, if I don't turn it off soon, Daniela's going to kill me, right? So uh, I've got to get this thing off before I wake up everybody else in the house. It jolts me out of bed. I'm interrupting my habit to want to hit the snooze, to stay in the warm blankies, to snuggle my pillow. I'm going to interrupt my habit with this alarm clock, okay? Does that make sense? Uh, uh, maybe it's, um, you know, you're, you're wanting to stop spending so much money on Amazon, and all of a sudden, you know, you have the tendency, you shop on Amazon, you look up, you spent $100, and you don't even know how you did it. Well, maybe you're going to get extreme because you're trying to budget, because you want to be generous, and you're changing your lifestyle. You're going to give a friend the password to your Amazon account, and 
in order to actually make a purchase through Amazon, you're actually going to have to go through them. You're going to have to have them hit the purchase button for you, and they're going to serve as a filter. You're interrupting the habit, the action, if you will. Um, let, let me use a really practical example. Maybe you struggle with pornography, and, and, and uh, it, it's just too accessible, and it's too easy to get to. It's a habit that you're trying to interrupt. I mean, you've got to get it out of the way. You've got to interrupt the action. How are you going to do it? You're going to have one of your closest friends put a passcode on your phone, and they're going to turn off your web browser, and they're going to limit your ability uh, to access of content online. And, and uh, you know, maybe you're going to have to delete a few apps or whatever it is, but you're going to set up some things to make it really, really difficult and interrupt the action in its place. Now, I'm just using these as examples, okay? But let's just say you have a struggle that's really, really deep. Let's just say you have a habit that's beyond a simple interruption. Um, I, I just want you to know there's no shame in owning up to a habit that, that maybe, you know, needs some counseling, that maybe uh, uh, needs rehab. Uh, um, and and here's, here's why. Because there's no shame in saying that I'm not going to let something control the direction of my life. I have some incredible friends who went through rehab and were set free from substance abuse. And they, say, and, and they would tell you that God used it in amazing ways to help them turn their life around. There's no shame in getting the help that you need to live the life that you were designed to live. Now, again, the question is, who do you want to become? And based on the habits that you have today, who will you become tomorrow? Based on the habits that you have today, where are they leading you? I don't want you to just think about it for a second. Fast forward your life, 5, 10, 15, 20 years down the road. And just think about where your habits are taking you. And it's possible, guys, that you and I have some habits in our lives that if we don't deal with them right now, we're going to look up and we're going to say, man, I had no idea how much this was going to cost me. I never knew I would lose so much because of this habit. I, I would give anything to go back and do something different. And I never expected to lose my family, to lose my integrity, to lose my, to lose my job, to lose my health. And as we reflect on our life, you and I, man, we don't want to end up there. And so we're going to change those habits today. And so as I invite Daniel to come up, he's going to put a, a verse on the screen and he's going to come play for, for you and I while we kind of reflect for a moment and you might say, oh, but Drake, I, I, I feel so weak. Like, I want to beat my habits. I want to see a change. But I've tried before, and I just, I, I can't do it. Great. Because in that space, friends, you are not alone. Check it out. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, Paul says that there's no temptation that has overtaken you. That is not common to man. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you will be able to endure it. This same author was struggling in a different text. He says in 2 Corinthians God, I don't, I don't have what it takes. I can't beat it. I can't overcome it. And God says, that's okay. Because my power is made perfect in your weakness. And friends, I, wanna, I want you to know that God wants to show up 
in our weakness and help us break those cycles. Maybe they're generational cycles. Maybe they're decade cycles. Maybe they're just this past year cycles to break the habits and see new direction in our lives. And I want you to hear me. We introed with Samson and he took 56,000 steps in the wrong direction. But at the same time, I want you to understand that God is saying with every small step, that was 56,000 opportunities for Samson to turn around. That you're not your past. You don't have to live in shame and regret that God is providing a way and an opportunity for change. And remember, guys, that we're not just having a conversation around our actions, but that these actions are shaping our identity. Who do you want to become? What do you need to stop? couple of action steps for you on the screen as we close our time. What one habit do you want to stop? Do you need to stop? How are you going to make it difficult? And who are you going to share it with? And as you're reflecting on your personal decisions and maybe what God is doing in your life, man, man, for some of you, maybe you're not a follower of Jesus, maybe you're reflecting on your own life, and can I just encourage you, maybe today it's your opportunity to stop making excuses. Maybe you've been playing around with the idea of spirituality. Maybe you've been looking at what you believe about God and you're wrestling with where you want to land and who is Jesus and who is God. And and you just haven't made the step to jump in with both feet and trust in Jesus. And and maybe today is the day that you stop delaying. Maybe today is the day that you stop putting it off. Why? Because when you recognize who God is, when you recognize how much he loves you, and how much he has done for you, your only reasonable response is to turn your life over to him and say, yes, Jesus, I need you. Yes, Jesus, thank you for dying for me. I believe in you, that you died for me, that you were buried, that you rose again, that you can give me new life, that you can give me the power to stop my bad habits, that you can give me the power to start new good habits, that you have a plan and direction for my life. And maybe for the first time today, you're ready to say yes to Jesus. And friends, we want to celebrate with you. You can text in and let us know. We would love to help you take some next steps. From all my other friends, from my friends who are followers of Jesus, man, ask God, what's the one area that I need to see change? And then get some friends around you and let them know so that you can see real progress in the life that you want to live. Guys, thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next week.